So I'm here with Jessica DeRay. She is a realtor from Montreal, Canada. And Jessica, before we get into the realtor side of you, I really want to dig into kind of how your life unfolded, uh, where you're from, how things kind of kickstarted your life. So if you want to kind of take us back in the past and kind of explain how you got here today. So basically, uh, six years ago or so, I was working a marketing job and my position just basically got diminished. And I thought of something of basically I just thought of what can I do? What, uh, what do I like to do? So I really thought of, you know, how to spin marketing into something that's out there. So I thought of putting my own little marketing spin on the real estate world. Cause I loved houses. I love architecture. Um, so I figured why not? So I, do- I dove in, I uh, asked a real estate agent if they needed any help. And that's just how it kickstarted from there, it just spiraled into a bigger ball. And uh, I went ahead and got my license. Okay, so I mentioned you started off in the marketing job. So I want to get into that. But before we do, um, did you grow up in Montreal? Were you born yes, in Montreal? Yes, I did. Yes. Okay. I'm... Go ahead. What were you, kind of your aspirations of growing up in Montreal? Say, like, maybe as a teenager, what, what was kind of your plans then? It's funny because well, I grew up in the suburbs of Montreal called the West Island. And so, you know, growing up with it's the same kind of people you kind of see everywhere, you know, so. Uh, growing up, I, my aspirations was really just to kind of, I'm a Capricorn by nature. So we're very hard, headstrong and very work, much workaholic. So I really wanted to have my own company. I didn't know into what exactly. I had some passions. I was very much into sports. I thought maybe I was going to go into sports. So growing up, um, I didn't really have, I didn't have any really a, a strict direction of where I wanted to go. I just knew that I really wanted to do something on my own. And I guess real estate kind of incorporated that into my life afterwards. So so you had kind of an entrepreneurial spirit from the get-go, you'd say? Yes. Okay. Did would you did you do you think that anyone maybe around you kind of influenced that on you? Were you around any of that type of I atmosphere? Think, I think my mother, <laughs> she was very much an independent woman and a single mother. I think she showed me kind of the qualities that, you know, a strong woman should have. And I think I followed in her footsteps and having the creative side and the entrepreneurial side um, together as being an independent woman uh, to kind of go forward and say what I wanted to do. Mm. Okay. I can relate because I also have a single mother. So I kind of feel where you're coming from. Oh, do you? Um, yeah. So as you started growing, you mentioned that you kind of didn't know what direction you wanted to go, but you kind of had an idea you wanted to be in business. Yes. Um, I, I was kind of in that boat too, like up maybe up until last year where I was kind of like, I know I wanted to do something in business, but I don't know what I want my business to be around. Yes. And is that something you really struggled with? Like, were you dabbling in a bunch of different things? I did. So I had a marketing company for a very long time. Um, when I was with my marketing company before, uh, sorry, <laughs> let me rephrase that. I actually started, I had started my own marketing company while I was at my other job doing marketing. And what I decided to do was slowly kind of in, you know, do more on the side, on the marketing section to kind of see if I could really quit my job and go into the marketing field. Um, it so happened that, you know, I was, I was going that route, but I was, I was hesitant, you know, it's as an entrepreneur, you're always hesitant to make that full jump. And that's why when I started into the being an assistant to a real estate agent, that's when I started doing both. So I worked on my own company and worked for the other agent and kind of figured out, you know, what path to take afterwards. 
So you kind of have like a feeling out process, you would say. Exactly. I kind of wanted to feel out, was this the right path? Was this the right path? And I still didn't know after I got my license. I, I really was just hesitant because it is a, it's a very big jump. And there's yeah, thousands sure. of real estate agents out there. <laughs> for sure. I feel like you were kind of at a stage where you're trying to figure it out on top of all the other things in life. And it's very difficult for you to finally like push through and decide what you want to do. And I feel like a lot of kids, especially my age, and even I'm a 20. So even, even kids beyond my age still struggle to figure out what they want to do. Is, is there anything you could like kind of say to someone who may be lost and kind of trying to figure out their passion or what they're trying to do with their life? Um, I actually had a conversation yesterday with somebody and they kind of asked questions to kind of just gather to the core of something that I was questioning. And they said, okay, what is it that you like specifically about this thing? And you got to go back to the why. And you just have to ask yourself, why, 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 why? <laughs> and then you'll find the root to the why. So I think you just need to kind of reflect as to why you want to go into that direction. And then there's always a why to that. And obviously think about the bigger picture. What is it that you want down the road? And then kind of do a, a backwards approach to it. What are the steps to take to get to where you want to go? So I think that's the best uh, advice I could give. For sure. You kept mentioning like the why, the why, the why, and a lot of like motivational gurus and things like that. They always say you have to have a why. And I feel like maybe for someone who may be lost in their life, um, they may, they may not have endured a specific event that showed them their why and showed them the path they should be on. Would you kind of agree with that? I definitely agree with that. Cause at one point in time, I didn't have a why I was just mm -hmm. kind of going with the flow and I'm very free spirited in a certain sense. So I always had to kind of figure out what is the purpose or what is the passion and what's the fuel. And, you know, the why sometimes is your passion and your fuel. It'll get you to where your, your why is, I think. So with due time, uh, now I'm in my life where it's, you know, I want to build bigger things for myself. And so that's my why. I for think sure. in due time, you'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> so um, did you, did you managed to find your why before you got into the marketing or was it kind of when you're in the marketing and then you want to, you took the step into real estate? Was it kind of like what period of time were you kind of at when you realized this is what I want to do? I think it was, you know what, it always switches. And <laughs> I think it was in the midst of real estate. Um, I believe it was during that whole cycle of, you know, getting my license then figuring it out afterwards um, I, I doubted myself. I said, do I really actually want to go into real estate now that I have my license? You know, I didn't get this far to get this far. Um, but I think my why, once I, I made a decision and I went forward, it was like, okay, this is what I have to do. And, and why is it? And it's obviously one of the whys for me was that I, I did it. I completed something. I finished something. Um, and it's, let me give it a, a shot. So that's what I did. Yeah, I, everyone's, yeah, for sure. Everyone's why can be different and you can have multiple whys. So yeah, that's totally um, something I'm sure other people could relate to as well. 100%. So you said you're in a marketing job. What, what exactly was, were you marketing for? Did your job consist of? It was actually totally opposite. <laughs> Anything real estate related. I actually worked for a huge uh, company called Thomas and Betts ABB. It's a manufacturing 
uh, emergency lighting actually <laughs> and I was in charge of the mar you know marketing uh, group with um, another superior and a digital creator so my task kind of diminished after our company bought them off so I, that's when I started rethinking okay what is this what I want to do do I sit behind a computer my whole life or you know, pack boxes and send stuff out. It wasn't something that I felt like in the core, again, to my why, um, I wasn't able to be personable or go to the extent of showcasing the full marketing potential that I had. So your task was kind of diminished when they, they ultimately got bought out. So did they just have uh, nothing left for you to do at that point? Or... Yes. And actually when I, I gave my resignation, my boss said, I, I knew it. <laughs> she said, I knew it. She's like, I'm giving you so many, you know, tasks that are not related to the job. And, you know, sometimes I feel like you're twiddling your thumbs. And I knew that, you know, when you're opening my door, I just knew that one day you were just going to say, here's, here's the letter, you know? And so that day she, when I quit my job, she knew. And I think Actually, she actually praised me for it. She was like, you know what? I respect the fact that you're taking this leap of faith. And I didn't know what I was going to do. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? You're going to figure it out. You're going to figure it out. And having those skill sets and knowing that you have those skill sets will take you far. Yeah. Um, with the career change, I'm sure you knew that uh, at the time, real estate is very time consuming, especially in the beginning. And like you said, you're, you might've been scared to take the leap, but ultimately you did. And it seems like it's working in your favor thus far. Um, was there a challenge you kind of had to, a mental barrier, I should say, that you kind of had to go through with leaving your job and entering this career? How, kind of how challenging was that? It, uh, it was challenging. I have to say the mental barrier is always the inner conflict with yourself, the self-doubt, right? And what I decided to do was I kind of looked at what wasn't happening in the real estate world and started implementing um, what I could do. So I realized at the time there was not much activity going on with social media and agents being young and being, you know, millennial almost um, having those platforms at my fingertips and going, you know what, this is how I'm going to reach an audience. So I started using my social media. I don't have 60,000 followers or anything like that. I'd rather have quality versus quantity, but that's how I started into the business. People started knowing me, getting to, to know me through my platforms. And that's how I kind of gained my business through that. So people just followed suit afterwards. So my marketing kind of dove into my real estate. I think you would just really have to figure out what are your talents and what are your skill sets take that self-doubt away and just kind of apply it to what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. Um, like uh, the marketing side of you kind of came into a play and actually worked out uh, to benefit you. And as you said, maybe millennials may be more, you know, um, subjective to social media than someone my age. And it may be harder for them to make the change and start utilizing social media. And a lot of times I'm on realtors, Instagram pages, and it's just like sold, 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 and it's really like nothing much to it. But I think I noticed about your Instagram pages, you know, you have your face in there. You're, you have more than just houses for sold. You're really trying to personal brand yourself. Thank how, you. impor how important is it, is it, would you say that, you know, you're trying to personal, uh, personal brand yourself and create a connection through your Instagram by showing who you are and trying to like create your own storyline? At first, I was super scared to kind of showcase who I was and who I am, um, because you're always scared of what people uh, think 
or we'll misjudge you, right? And I was not posting as much as I should, but there's an 80-20 rule. You've got to be more personal on these platforms, right? And I was so scared. So I started posting properties and stuff like that, other photos and just work-related stuff. And then afterwards, you know, I kind of made it aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> I know, you know, Gary V doesn't think that anymore, not to do anything aesthetically pleasing, but for me, it was very important. So I dedicated myself. I have an agenda to social media. I make sure that my posts are, you know, kind of in line with what I have a vision of. And it brings me in front of people's faces and it actually appeals to people. I have either clients that reach out or even, you know, kids even you know find me somehow and say hey um really liked your sunglasses or something and by the way my parents are trying to sell their house and they're looking for a realtor which you know do you work this sector it it starts a conversation so I always think that I mean it's not solely the platform that you should be using I mean there's other ways to market yourself but it's definitely um, a big plus in the business yeah, and you mentioned, you know, you don't have 60,000 followers, you don't have a large engagement rate like that, someone of that caliber, but you might not even really need that. Even if you just have a few thousand followers, like you said, you know, you still have people reaching out to you. You still have people in the community who know who you are and come to you for, you know, professional assistance. Exactly. It's, you have to engage, right? So people will just shoot a message or, or write a comment and that's, that's okay. Even though they're not following you, at least you were in their face, right? So uh, that's that's what it's there for. Do you, do you feel enough realtors may be producing content and stepping in front of the camera and reaping the benefits of social media? I think now they are. I think um, they're starting to realize how important it is to have a social media presence. So a lot of people are hiring companies to do their social media or doing them themselves, which is fantastic. Um, I do think, I don't think it's a dying platform. I think, you, like I said, you do need to have a multiple sources of solicitation or marketing, but I do think it is important. And I think it's, you know, don't just put the solds and the, the you know, the for, for sale. Um, I keep seeing a lot of just sold, 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 sold. Yes, it's fantastic because it proves results, but at the end of the day, people want to work with somebody they know, like, and trust. That's like the number one rule. And I think people want to know who they're going to be working with. For sure. And like you said, these, these platforms are here to stay. They're not going anywhere. So it's very important that realtors adapt and start using it because um, as my generation, at least grows older, this is, this is kind of the minimum that you need. I feel like, you know, it's going to become less acceptable to kind of not be on these platforms. And, and especially like um, TikTok, where you can reach thousands of people just through one post. That's It's kind of crazy how the reach is on that platform. That's one thing that I haven't <laughs> dove into yet is TikTok. I find it very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> and it's something I'm going to try. I can't even do a reel um, on Instagram. But uh, that's the thing. We always have to kind of evolve with what the technology is. And you have to start learning and adapting. And I think that's part of our job too. It's not just with our clients and, and, you know, first the training that we have to do, but it's also getting the right engagement and the right following and diving into those new technologies also to, to showcase to your clients that you are part of this new era. For sure. Okay. So, uh, you make the transition into real estate. You're finally a realtor in the business. There's kind of a 90% chance you leave the business within the first couple of years or you could probably be making more money working a full-time minimum wage job. 
uh, what was it like when you first got your real estate license and you kind of click into the mindset, okay, now I have to generate leads in order to have income. I have to cold call, I have to do this and that. What, what is your mindset kind of there? So for the one thing I did, my mindset was just like, okay, let's go. Let's, let's get clients. Let's do what you got to do. And like I said, it was marketing for me. So marketing was like, okay, social media, no one's on social media. Let's get on social media. Then I realized, okay, obviously cold calling. <laughs> and I knew that wasn't my forte. I tried to adapt to that. And I tried and I tried and I just couldn't do it. Uh, just, it's not for me. And I realized one thing is that you can't be the wearer of multiple hats. <laughs> uh, if a hat doesn't fit, just don't try to put it on. It's just not for you. So I didn't do the cold calling. And yes, I know people are going to get mad at me for doing this, but uh, for not doing it actually. But I think you just have to know what it is that you're good at and just stick with that. Because if you're going to try to dab into everything, it just, it's just going to crumble because you it's just not going to jive. For so sure. my mindset was really just figuring out what I was good at and stick with something and go with it. And, and obviously that would have been the marketing side of you. Yes. Um, through your Instagram or Facebook, whatever it may be, is that where most of your leads are coming from? So yes, exactly. And now organically through that and through other you know instances of getting clients, it's referrals. And it's funny enough because a lot of people that refer me, they'll tend that referral, that client, that new client will add me automatically on Facebook and Instagram because they want to know who I am first before they make that call. So I'll see like a new follower and then like, I actually follow you on Instagram when they call me or so it kind of, it, they want to, so that's proof in the pudding. They want to know who they're calling. They want to know who you are. Are they going to be able to work with you, talk to you, feel comfortable with you? And that's why most of my clients, we drive really well together. So it's almost like I attract what I give out. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's kind of the referral business where one mm -hmm. person's talking to the next person. That's eventually how you're going to get your business. Exactly. Did you kind of, did you kind of have trouble believing in that, uh, say that business model before you actually started to gain results from it? Cause, cause where I am kind of thinking about it, I'm like, most of the kids um, I know are on my social media are my age, basically. And I, I think about, okay, like how really likely are these kids going to see me become a realtor and then go to their parents and say, this guy's a realtor, this guy's a realtor. I, I feel like that may be very unlikely. So kind of, um, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, but you're, you're thinking of, okay, let's say family and friends. Right. And number no. rule number one is I actually had a mentor actually when I first started into real estate. So I think that's actually a good tool to, to kind of explain is always try to get a mentor or follow somebody in the business at first, because that will lead the, the path to where you want to go and see if what works and what doesn't for you. Right. But one of the rules was basically don't, don't ever think friends and family are going to be your tools to success. And that's sad to say, and I'm really sorry to be saying this, <laughs> but it's the actual truth. And I think everyone could attest to that. You know, it's very tricky. Your family doesn't, you know, when something goes wrong, you know, your family doesn't want to implicate themselves into a situation and then have to cut you off. Right. Or friends for that matter. Um, I think it took me a good solid few years before my friends even hired me to do anything. Um, and it's not because I had to prove myself to them, but 
you know, people just get that iffy feeling, right? And at the end of the day, yes, your friends feel comfortable with you and they might want to work with you and they don't really care to showcase their finances with you or other things like that. But there's some that just don't want to share those things with you, you know? So don't ever count on your friends or your family. For sure. And it's kind of important that you really don't take take offense to it because at the end of the day, it's kind of business. And, you know, there's a difference between a personal relationship and someone not wanting to do business with you. Exactly. And you know what, I'd rather keep my personal relationship good than having, you know, um, having to do a transaction and God forbid something happens, you're not even at fault, but you know, it could leave a sour taste in either your mouth or the other person's mouth. So you just don't want to go into that. Yeah, for sure. And you touched upon the importance of a mentor. So I'm just curious, how did you happen to find your mentor? Uh, through the firm that I was at, I was just, um, I was had some questions as an assistant. So I kind of just called upon this person and they just kind of helped me out. So that's when I just realized, you know, would you want to be my mentor? And that way I kind of, you know, learned how to really, write my clauses, you know, how to navigate through certain difficult situations. And I think that's what really helped me because, you know, being young and people might have a perception of that, but we're like, oh no, she's actually tactful and she actually knows this. And she wrote that clause in like 10 minutes. So not even, or, you know, she knew what to write and it's perfect. So I think that helps too. And it, it gives you a level of authority to kind of go ahead. And when you speak to your clients, you, you know what you're saying, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Were they, were they, would you say they were a big shoulder to lean on through your first couple transactions in the business? Uh, for sure. And even the, you know, the realtor that I worked with too, um, I worked with two realtors when I first started in the business, I, they were such big influences into how I, you know, started my, the traction in my business and how I dealt with certain situations and both were very different from each other. So I think I got, um, to know what I, you know, really who I am and what I, I'm capable of doing and what I'm capable of not doing. So um, I think it's always good, like I said, to either start with somebody um, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, you move on um, or get a mentor. Yeah. I'm kind of at that point now where I'm starting to look for someone I can be under mm -hmm. their wing and gain as much knowledge as I possibly can to the point where I become self-sufficient enough to be on my own. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And one thing I think you really need to realize too, is if you want to partner up or team up with somebody, you got to feel, um, you kind of almost have to feel like you're comfortable enough to pass on the torch. If you're not there or that person's not there, are you comfortable giving, passing that torch on? And with the second realtor I worked with, uh, for instance, like it was a male and I found the girl guy dynamic, very cool. You know, it was kind of like good cop, bad cop. <laughs> and, uh, I tend, I, I tend to like that. It was kind of cool to have a guy girl dynamic and duo. It doesn't work for some. Um, it worked, you know, it worked for me. I could, I could totally see how in a business, uh, relationship, whether it's guy or girl or guy, guy or girl, girl, mm -hmm. uh, people in real estate tend to be very dominant, like kind of with their mindset, there's a lot of D's on the personality or whatever personality skill. And I, I can see it being very easy to bump heads with people and kind of want things your way or their way. Exactly. I think you just oh. have to kind of gauge, you know, what your threshold is and what your boundaries are, and then kind of go from there. For sure. Um, so my next question is, I ask all the realtors this, cause I know it varies for everybody. Um, how long did it take you to get your first, uh, close in the business? 
I think it was three months after I got my license, if I'm not mistaken. I kind of dabbled, though I had switched agencies when I first started and then, you know, switched on to another one. And I think finally to close a deal um, that was, I think it was like three months after the fact. So yeah, I think it was three months in and yeah, it was, it was great. <laughs> uh, what was the reasoning for the, the switching of the agencies early on? Uh, I had started with an agency solo and then I got approached well, from the, the agent that I was working with, which was the male. And uh, I got approached from him to kind of, you know, work alongside him. And then I was hesitant. I was so hesitant. I'm going, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I said, you know what, let me give it a shot. Um, he was really such a cool guy. Um, you know, very well known in the industry and the business. So I was, I, I took that chance. So that's why I went that way. And that was the reason for the switch of agencies. And were, were you with in the business relationship with the guy uh, during your first transaction? Yes. And where did that, do you know where that uh, lead came from, how that came about? It was actually one of his uh, properties, if I'm not mistaken, that he had listed. And, you know, I was on the transaction and, you know, we kind of had our own little deal together, but huh. it was, he didn't handhold me either. I mean, he was there, uh, but I did my transaction and, and that was it. And it was, it went smooth sailing. So it, it was kind of good. Like I said, it was, he was my other mentor as well. So he was there to, to help me out. Uh, what was uh, one of the things during your first couple transactions, or maybe you still struggle with today that you really hate doing? Is it, you know, writing the clauses? Is it presenting an open house, reading contracts? What's something you may have struggled with, or maybe something you really disliked having to deal with? Um, in this hot market, <laughs> you can get at, you know, a minimum of, you know, 30 offers on one hot property. So um, not that I dislike it. It's just, it's very time consuming and it's very much, you know, there's a, we have a board uh, that regulates everything and, and looks at everything that we do. So you want to make sure everything is properly formatted and properly done. So I think it's an extra thought in your head. Uh, so I think just having multiple offers and trying to manage everyone's expectation of visits, visitation, um, how to go about that, getting all those offers in because the people are calling left, right and center. I think it's not that like I dislike it. It's just the organization of all making sure that you're doing it properly. It's just, it's very overwhelming sometimes. How would you say that people are in this business uh, when you're taking all these phone calls for a listing? Uh, do you tend people may be more on the edge or more pushy or are people kind of, you know, being very passive, even though the mar market's so hot? With realtors or in uh, just like buyers or sellers? Yeah. So, yeah. So say you have a listing and then there's a bunch of buyers coming at you. Uh, it's funny because, you know, some buyers, you know, will call email um, if I if I'm in a meeting and I can't answer my phone because I want to be polite. <laughs> you know, I have a bunch of emails that come through. So you're trying to, you know, see, OK, this is the person I called. This is the person I emailed. OK, let's go. You just have to just be polite, cordial, just, you know, be present answer them back <laughs> and yes people are a little bit short nowadays because they want an answer and, and they know that they only have 15 minutes sometimes to even visit a home and make a, a decision a really big decision on purchasing a home so yeah people but people are starting to adapt now because it's it's been quite a while it's, we're in a hot market so people are learning to adapt and it is what it is you have no choice 
Yeah. You are a little um, bit more calmer now, I would think, <laughs> but you have your few that are just like, really? <laughs> do, do you, um, would you say the market may be starting to cool off a bit than what it was sure. a bit ago? It, a little bit. Yeah. I think people are starting to put realistic expectations on the price points that they're listing their house at. Um, people are not listing it so much on such a lower end to kind of have new bidding words. Now we have some rules and regulations to follow on that as well too. So um, we had just had a training on that to make sure that we're ethically doing things. Um, but I think it's, it's cooling off a little bit. There's going to be ups and downs and you know, we're nowhere near Toronto in terms of prices. So we haven't hit that, you know, crazy big bubble yet. Uh, I think we're, we are affordable <laughs> compared to other provinces in Canada. So I do think that there's going to be periods of time, times where it's going to be, right now it's Canada dates and we had a holiday here in Quebec too last week. So in between now and then it cooled off um, or there was a, a, a fluctuation of listings because people had time on their hands, let's say, <laughs> or a week off. So there's going to be dips, but I don't see prices really calming down. I just people just putting more realistic approaches to, to listing their homes. Yeah. And you mentioned that Montreal may not be uh, quite as a bubble as Toronto is now, but with Montreal being Montreal, how, how far away do you think that we may be from seeing prices that high or Montreal having the same kind of level being on the same level as Toronto? I hate making predictions because I never know if it's going to be right or wrong. And there's always something that comes into play. Right. Um, but still, I mean, our mortgage rates are pretty um, great. I mean, all across the board, we're still uh, less affordable, uh, still the most affordable. I have clients even from Toronto that are buying secondary properties here because it just makes sense for them versus buying over there. Um, I don't know. I mean, the, I still see the fall, you know, kick, you know, kicking up again um, with, you know, new inventory with higher price points, unless something really happens. But I think going into the new year, it's going to continue. When, when seeing the market be this hot now, how much of a change did you see in the deposits that are getting put down on some of the houses? How big of a change was that? It depends on the, on the depends on the home, right? Um, if you are doing a single family home, you know, let's say I'm giving a $400,000 home in the suburbs, you're going to probably get a lot of offers. Um, sometimes you won't even see deposits because by time you want to close in 30 days or whatnot, that deposit is just not going to go through. So people are not even putting deposits some, most of the time because it's just they're fighting to just put the right number, um, the you know, get the right, um, like, are they taking on inspection? Or is it, is it a financing clause? Like people are just putting, trying to put the right number and trying to get the right offer in to actually be one. So it's, uh, it's hard. I would say, I don't see deposits. It's quite like, it's less now. I would say for me, at least I don't see it quite often unless it's, like I said, it's a bigger home, um, you know, in the millions and range, people are going to put significant deposits uh, but again if you're fighting for like 32 offers people are not even putting a deposit they just need to give you that right number yeah for sure yeah that, that totally makes sense um it's kind of weird that this kind of all kicked off in the beginning of the pandemic whether that was a year and a half two years ago whatever it is by now but uh where was kind of your mindset when the pandemic did hit were you were you kind of scared or did you maybe have a sense that there was good in the bad coming? Cause that's ultimately what happened. But I feel like most people say, no, like I thought all hell was about to break loose. 
I was actually a little nervous because then we were non-essential for quite a bit of time. So I'm going, okay, well, <laughs> what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I was scared. I, I, I won't lie. I was scared. You know, you kind of question like, okay, like, do I stick through this? Do I not? Like, what do I do now? Uh, what's going to happen to my business? But I think I really took the time to really focus on my business and learn what to do and uh, how to implement certain strategies moving forward. So I like, just for example, I started a book club with certain people um, from my previous firm. I found them on Facebook. I said, who wants to read this sell a book about selling it's called ninja selling if everyone wants to know and you can buy it online and uh i met six uh, i think we were six ladies in uh, the group and they were from the us and another one from canada and we got to just uh, read chapter by chapter and learn some sales techniques and i think that was great so you just kind of have to take it and say roll with the punches what can i do i can't work but i could you know teach myself something <laughs> Yeah, that better my business. The, yeah, the book club is really cool. Is that your book? No, it's no. not. Okay. And uh, I can actually send you the link of where it's a sales training actually about uh, real estate called Ninja Selling. And there's you know tool books and um, stuff like that that you could use, and um, you know has cold calling sheets, uh, ways to do a listing presentation, stuff like that. And that's their way and their method of doing it. So you could adapt it to to how you want to work, but it's actually a very, very good book. Yeah. Um, I'm actually a avid reader too. So I'd appreciate if you did send that my way. Awesome. Um, back to kind of the pandemic, uh, pandemic life. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, would you say that that this past year and a half or whatever has been maybe a peak point in your career with just how hot the market is or where does it kind of rate uh, stand in success in your life? You know what? Um, some people really thrived in this market because um, especially in areas that people necessarily wouldn't have gone or they went to. So a lot of people thrived in this market to the point where they were just exhausted at all, all at all ends. Um, I'm a little bit everywhere. So it kind of came in waves, my business. And, you know, it did hit me a little bit because a lot of my buyers, you know, after, you know, putting offers on 10 properties and not winning, not being able to do so. And I would never advise my client to, to overextend themselves and eat ramen noodles for the rest of their lives. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, so a lot of them decide, you know, either they're going to just rent again for another year until they, you know, things cool down. Um, which I don't blame them because like I said, I would never jeopardize or put my clients in a, in a setting or, or place that doesn't fit at this point in time. Yeah. So it, um, it didn't hurt <laughs> a little um, bit. I, I personally, I think it's like totally smart that people hold off and not buy a house right now, but clearly that's not the case with how the market's going. Um, what is a, what would you say is a big uh, reason for this? Is it first time home buyers that are, driving the market or are people looking to uh, upgrade their house more, more square feet? What, what exactly is it that's doing this to the market? There's like a lot of, there's a lot of factors I would say that uh, have, you know, changed the perspective of everyone. First of all, our borders were closed. There's not much influence again from foreign buyers. So a lot of people are like, this is my chance. I'm not competing against maybe from foreigners that are just putting straight down cash and win, winning on bidding wars from the previous year. Um, so that's another, that's an influence also. Um, second is obviously the, the 
rate was super low. <laughs> so people, I mean, I had clients getting like 1.89 or 1.7. Um, so it's just, it was crazy. So it was like, okay, let's jump on it. Let's go. Right. That makes a huge difference in your mortgage. Um, also, you know, the fact that it was first time home buyers too, that want to start, you know, creating their life. They've been living in the condo. Things have been getting smaller. They want more space. Um, and even during COVID, either a lot of people have decided to get pregnant and have children, so they need more space, or a lot of divorces tend to happen because you're stuck with somebody, right? So you kind of uh, start realizing maybe this is not the life I want. So there's a lot of factors. It's either a growing space <laughs> or uh, growing on your own and wanting to leave your other person, and also the influence of the market and uh, the foreign buyers. Yeah, it seems as much things are happening outside of real estate with regards to the prices and things, there's a ton of internal things that are doing this to the business. Like you mentioned, the the divorce rates are going up. And like, I know there's realtors out there that just mainly target people getting divorced and that are making a killing. And it's just crazy to me how like this is really what's happening or maybe how, you know, people do feel the need to upgrade their house because they can't sit in a kind of a, a slightly smaller living space with their family, they're around all day. Maybe they don't have an office. And like, these are kind of are the internal factors that kind of bring you to the decision of we need to upgrade or we need to move, we need to sell, whatever it may be. Exactly. And especially with, um, I noticed a trend too, with certain clients that let's say they had a, a you know, um, cottage up North. So, you know, from work at home situations, they were like, you know what, uh, let me sell my home here because I can benefit from selling, right? I could, you know, totally get a higher price than what I could get, you know, from previous years, take advantage of that, live up north and work from my cottage and be by the water. So that, that that's what's been happening too. So a lot of people took advantage of the work at home situation and decided to, to go down that route. But now with the um, the shots, <laughs> the vaccination, um, you know, things are starting to change. People are going back to school, going back to work, going back to the office. So you're going to slowly start seeing people gradually going back to other locations that are not so remote. With the with the cottages, do you see those uh, prices skyrocketing too? Is it is it following the same trend? I'd assume. Yes. And I'll give you an example. I mean, there was um, a home total disrepair. I don't think it even had an offer for like ever. It's been on the market multiple times. I had a client who wanted to revamp it and uh, was in construction and, you know, we, we got it. And um, this house never passed financing because nobody could, it was just a house that was crumbling into pieces unless somebody had cash. Um, but it was, you know, I was actually like the eighth person who put an offer on this property. And before that, he told me he never had an offer for years. And after we didn't get it um, after all, but there was at least six other people behind me waiting to, to make sure that they hadn't put an offer in on this place. And it's in the middle of nowhere, disrepair, totally crumbling. And people just wanted it. And um, is that still going on today or did someone get that? I believe somebody did end up getting it um, and they're going to build a dream home on it. It's, <laughs> so, uh, you know, or dream cottage, for example. So it's just, um, it's crazy to think because even the agent was like, I, my phone is just keep going off the hook for this property. And when I would never even hear a peep before. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, if you cannot, if you have the money and you're willing to put in the work to revamp something like that, then I feel like it may be totally worth it. Well, people were realizing, okay, um, I can travel. <laughs> I have all this money. I'm not going to buy a dinner, expensive dinners or clothes or anything for that matter. I'm wearing the same joggers. <laughs> so uh, all this money that I'm not spending, why don't I just throw it into real estate? Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I know we're kind of past the time limit here, Sorry. 30 minutes. No, that's, no, that's okay. <laughs> My fault, not yours. But no I feel, I feel like we had a great conversation. I kind of find it interesting how you were first involved in marketing and kind of, you know, uh, the business got bought out. You're kind of left and kind of the marketing side of you kicked in and you're like, how can I use this? You happen to go into real estate. Uh, maybe had trouble with a couple agencies. You ultimately uh, came into the business relationship with the partner that was a male. And that's kind of how you got your first sale. And on, then you're kind of here today. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I just want to say thank you for the insight. And as a new agent, I'm kind of trying to gain as much information as I can. And I feel like you brought a lot of uh, value to the conversation. Oh, thank you. I'm glad I can help somebody. And if you ever need anything, I'm always here. And you're doing such a great job by doing this. And uh, I think you're going to be helping a lot of people, not just yourself, but a lot of other people too. So thank you. Thank you again. Um, it's it's so hot here today. I'm not sure how hot it is you, but I'm literally sweating. It's so humid. I, I just gave oh. up on my hair. So <laughs> I said, you know what it is, what it is. <laughs> and I'm just, it's very hot and humid. So yeah, we're in the same boat. Do you have any other plans today with real estate? Do you have to go do anything? Yes. So I have visits um, booked this afternoon. I actually have another uh, Zoom cast, I guess you could say later on uh, before I do my visits. And then uh, that's pretty much my life. And then answering some emails mm -hmm. in between, because that's definitely going to happen. Yeah, I'll, I'll be looking forward to see it on your Instagram. And I'll, I'll totally keep up to date with what you're doing and engage with you and, you know, uh, carry on the relationship. And maybe yeah. in the future, I can have you have you on again, and we can see how kind of our, both of our lives changed and I'll be in the awesome. business and we may be able to talk about a bit more. <laughs> yes. I love that. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, um, I hope you have a good day. And one last time, I just want to thank you for taking the time. You too. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> See you. Bye.